0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for
1: spiritual
0: living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen
1: Debenport. And this is Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Debenport. Welcome back to this show. We are in the middle of a really interesting series with Janice Campbell, and I'll reintroduce her in just a minute. We're going to talk about money. This show is a little different from some others. I've been inviting Unity leaders and other New Thought leaders to come on the show for several weeks at a time and share a body of work that they have developed. And so Janice Campbell is a licensed Unity teacher who has been working for a long time as a coach and has developed a program called Receive Your Life. So Janice, you're back with us. Yes. I'm I'm so glad glad you're here. here. Thanks. So I'm thinking whether or not people have heard the two shows we've done so far, this is the third, They might appreciate a recap of what is receive your life and, you know, what makes it different from other coaching.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, it's very specific to you, which I guess a lot of coaching is, but it's really learning about where, who, what you are, the essence that wants to be lived through you as individualized expressions of spirit, like what are we here to do? What's our purpose? What are our values? What are our desires? And then most important is where do we get stuck? Where Mm -hmm. does that expression get stuck? And what happens is a lot of times we end up living as our compromised self instead of our true self. And then what happens, what ripples out from that is we end up with a lot of dissatisfaction and a lot of other things that aren't really working in our life. So it's about really alignment, how to align with our true self, and then receive the inspiration and guidance that wants to be lived through us and as us.
1: And so, in lieu of colors, Janice has been using me as a coaching subject (laughs) on this show. And I have to tell you, it's been really enlightening. And I feel like I have a lot of permission to be who I am, but also better words for it. So one of the things that has kept showing up as we've talked is that I appreciate order. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm obsessive-compulsive or anything like that, but I really do appreciate order. I love checking things off a to-do list. I love that feeling of relief and freedom when I have finished something or uh, assembled something, and in my case, it's usually talks or something that I'm writing. But uh, I knew that about myself, but I hadn't ever called it order. And mm-hmm. that has made a lot of sense to me. But I'm really hoping you all will call in. If you're listening live, it's April 2nd, 2019. <laughs> and the number is 816-251-3555. So you can get your own reading from Janice. not <laughs> Not like a medium, but, you know.
2: What so, if, Ellen, you don't want to do coaching today on well, money?
1: we may. Well, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But I'm hoping someone will you. call and volunteer. So... You know, you, you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Well, I was just saying, you, you know, you, the thing is, is when you receive your life and you really start to get clear on your values and who you are, mm-hmm. and you say, like, permission, what really, what happens is you just have more room to be. Mm-hmm. Like, we are who we are. But a lot of times we have a lot of, sh- oh, I shouldn't be this way. I'm, you know, compulsive, to, you know, like, we, we tend to take something that we are, and then we kind of turn it into a negative word, mm-hmm. instead of really like, celebrating, because we love being who we are, we say, like, you know, when you dive down, the deeper you go into, Revealing the truth of who you are, it feels really good. We love who we are. Mm -hmm. We love our true self, not our false, fearful, compromised self, but we love our true self. It feels really liberating and good to share who we are without shame. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about money. When you sent me uh, some notes about this, you had success slash money. So I'm guessing you have a specific definition for success.
2: Yes. I call it, well, first of all, it's interesting. Last week we talked about purpose, but today we're also going to be integrating a lot of purpose because it's not really separate from money. Mm -hmm. But I like to talk about soul satisfying success because a lot of times if we have strictly monetary success in the world, it's like, oh, I'm so successful. I'm making a lot of money. Other people think I'm really successful. But if you're not feeling it in your heart and soul, It's not going to be soul-satisfying success. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we lead with the money, but we leave our true self behind and it doesn't work. And then oftentimes we'll, we'll lead with our true self, but then we'll abandon money or we'll say, oh, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. The money will magically take care of itself. But that doesn't feel good either. We kind of get stuck in this either or where we could have money and not be ourselves or we could be ourselves and not have money. So what we're working toward mm. is soul-satisfying success, mm-hmm. which is integrating all of who you are. Because our prosperity, our true prosperity, comes from living and expressing, expressing the value that we are.
1: Well, and then unity comes along, and we emphasize prosperity. We teach it maybe more than most churches, And Mm -hmm. I think people get confused with the idea that if I just think about it, it will come to me. Yes. I remember
2: when I first came to Unity, I thought it was like the mailbox. Like, okay, I'm going to go to the mailbox and there's going to be a check in there. Like, (laughs) it's so cool. It's magic. But it doesn't really work that way. (laughs) Although sometimes it does. Sometimes, absolutely. But I think sometimes it does, but... some we have to really understand why it works like that. It works like that when we have our consciousness aligned with the truth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from, I think, a lot of times it's in any kind of spiritual, not just unity, but it's we have a lot of mixed messages where we may be giving lip service to prosperity, but then inside we have a lot of scarcity thoughts, yeah, which are overriding what we're. Saying or doing, mm-hmm. and you can't. We can't get away from that. I mean, the the consciousness is the most powerful thing that's going to either allow the money or not allow the money. We can't, um, like put a happy sticker on our thoughts and think it's going to be different.
1: Well, so let's talk about how to shift consciousness as we go along today, because I'm thinking of churches and here at Unity Headquarters, you know, there is a balance sheet. And mm-hmm. it'll show certain f- current facts about the money. And sometimes it's pretty hard to hold a prosperity consciousness if you're looking at declining money or whatever it is. Um, I, I think this is kind of where the rubber meets the road in Absolutely. spiritual growth because Absolutely. part of it is so concrete and three-dimensional. And yet we're saying, but it's really your consciousness about it that will determine how this goes.
2: Yes, it's so true. I mean, and it's like that thing too when you got a million dollars in the bank. Ooh, I'm prosperous. It's easy to be prosperous. Right. When you're a million dollars in debt, ha- have a good prosperity consciousness. Well, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm, right. yeah, it's it's gonna take more work. <laughs> and um but I think a lot of times, too, like you say, we look at the balance sheet, but we're really looking at symptoms. Mm-hmm. It's like when Jesus says, Do not judge by appearances, judge with right judgment. So a lot of times we're looking at symptoms, we're looking at the Physical plane, and then we're trying to fix something that we think is broken on the physical plane, instead of going up to consciousness. What are we really saying? What, what's really what's really our consciousness about this particular project or this particular um, financial situation? And a lot of times, we have a mixed message in there.
1: So, so let's go down this trail for a little bit. So, let's say I'm trying to pay my bills and realize. There is not enough money in the bank for me to cover all these bills. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem in my consciousness? Is that where I fix it?
2: Well, going back to receive your life, chances are that's a push. Remember the first week we talked about when we're feeling inspired, energized, aligned, we feel our energy being pulled, called forth. Yes. And then when we feel resistance, we get that pit in our stomach, our body locks up, We're it's like swimming upstream. It's push. hmm so if we don't have money, if we sit down, it's time to pay the bills. We don't have money to pay the bills. We experience a push. So then whenever there's a push, there's always a should attached. So it might be like, I should be able to pay my bills. I should have more money in my account. I should make more money. I shouldn't spend so much money. You know, we have all that kind of energy. Yeah. And then when we look at those shoulds, if we, if we listen to those shoulds, there's a diminishing thought. Thought in there. So I should be able to pay my bills, but I'm looking at the physical plane. I can't pay my bills. So I come to the conclusion that I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. So we think that the pain is that we can't pay our bills, but the pain is really what we're saying about myself. I'm a loser. I'm a failure.
1: And I'm going to end up as a bag lady eating cat food
2: absolutely that's where mine that's that's goes painful. that's what's <laughs> most painful yeah but what and then what happens is you know our thoughts create our reality we tend to get on that track where we start to gather evidence well look I, see i couldn't pay my bills last month either so i have evidence i really am a loser mm-hmm. you know i'm not going to pay them next month so we get into this consciousness of shame and we start judging ourselves and then our consciousness locks up Like cement. Mm. And we actually forget spiritual principles. We forget who we are because when we're coming from the consciousness of I'm a loser, I'm a failure, we forget the truth of who we are. Like I'm creative, Um, abundant. You know, we talk about the values. That's why it's really important to come back to our values, Mm -hmm. the very specific gift that we are. Because if we forget that and we start traveling down the scarcity cycle of what's wrong with us, we're not going to be able to give the highest and best that we are. We're not going to be able to share. We're not going to be able to give that creativity. We're not going to be able to give that collaboration because we're feeling bad, whatever our values are. And yet that's our prosperity is connected to sharing the gift that we are. So if we're giving judgment and shame, what we're going to get back is judgment and shame.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: So then we we go through the process of understanding compassion, forgiveness. Like why, why would I say I'm a loser? I mean, I, I do a good job. I, you know, I work hard at my job and really the understanding. It may be like I had a big medical bill this, this week, or I spent money on a party for my parents but that party was really important to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So instead of judging, you can understand why you can't pay the bills. Or it could be that I'm afraid to speak up at work and I really feel like I deserve a raise and I've been doing a really good job, but I people don't I'm living inside of the belief or the rule that people don't want to hear from me. Or, you know, you start to take ownership of why taking the mystery out of why your money looks the way that it does. But we can't do that from the place of judgment and shame. We can only do it from the place of understanding.
1: So let me ask you this. Is it possible to have soul satisfying success even during a period when you can't pay your bills?
2: Absolutely. Because the thing about soul satisfying success is you're not leading with the money. You're not using money to define you. Mm -hmm. So if you are on, purpose in your life and you know you're on purpose and you're leading with the gift and the money is not there, you look at it and you understand it. It's like, yeah, I may be living on credit right now, but I'm feeling really good about what I'm doing. And I'm taking action that's aligned with what I'm building and what I'm creating Mm -hmm. instead of uh, hiding my light and withholding my gift and giving up because I'm looking at the money and saying, oh, I'm foolish. I shouldn't have any debt. So therefore, I'm going to go back and get a job that I hate because I don't really have the faith and the trust in my gift. So it's really soul satisfying success. It's really about a feeling and a knowing that it's safe to be who you are and you Mm. could trust who you are and you're not getting tripped up by the appearances. You're not using the appearances and as an excuse for you to not share your gift.
1: Ah, okay.
2: Which is what we often do because and it makes sense. That's why the compassion piece is really important in this. Because it's scary. It's you could see why we would do that.
1: Then too, a lot of us were told as we were growing up that there are only some certain ways to make money. And mm-hmm. you know, certainly playing the guitar is not one of them. Being a mm-hmm. dancer, being an artist, a lot of the things we love when we're younger, we'll be mm-hmm. very firmly told, "Well, that's fine, but you can't make a living that way." Mm-hmm. And so, go ahead.
2: <laughs> like I said, we, So then we don't even start. Right. We already know. We already know how that story is going to turn out. So we don't even start.
1: And we. And we get into the mindset that if it's something I love, I can't really do it. That, that money and success are only going to come from something I don't really like.
2: Exactly. And that's very often how we live in the either or. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have money or be who I am. And what I think is fascinating with the either or is usually it's a version of material and spiritual.
1: Say more about that.
2: Well, if you look at the either or, usually I can either survive on the physical plane, which would be the material, mm-hmm. or I can be who I am.
1: Right. Yes.
2: But we have, but we, it's interesting because then we study all these spiritual principles about how we're connected to an infinite source of supply and we're magnificent and we're wonderful and isn't that great, but we don't really believe it. Mm-hmm. We don't really think we could lead with that. We really have more faith in the material. And then it gets back to you can't worship two masters. We have to make a choice. And a lot of times we opt for the scarcity, I mean, the material. And then even if we're making a lot of money, it's that feeling, well, something doesn't feel, I don't feel, I thought I'd be happy. I mean, I'm doing really well, but it feels like something's missing. Mm -hmm. But that's getting back to purpose. It's because we're withholding the essence of what we are, and we're never going to have soul-satisfying success unless we're leading with our essence. And, I, and and then the prosperity has to align. It's a principle. The prosperity has to align with us sharing our essence. And it may not happen overnight. That's a lot of times we think, of, okay, like a plant. You know, we start, where are the tomatoes? A little seedling. Pull mm-hmm. it up. Where are the No tomatoes. That doesn't work. I'm out of here.
1: <laughs> so I want to share my essence. Uh, you know, even if I believe that, yes, I'm a divine being and, My essence is of God, and I'm magnificent, and I want my light to shine, but I can't do that at work, you know, Mm -hmm. at the office. It would never Mm -hmm. fly there. Um, (coughs) I'm not sure what my question is, except that—
2: No, but it's it's like what you're saying is that's the belief we have. It will never fly there. So we withhold before we even— share our gift, right? because we're already convinced that nobody's interested. This is not the place where you could, but it comes from a lot of times the shame we have of our essence, like we're not supposed to be that way. So a lot of times we hide it. But I've worked with many people where, I think I mentioned this before, where initially they think they want to quit their job. They Mm -hmm. think it's about the job. I have to get out of this job. It's horrible. The people are horrible. Get me out of here. I have to find my purpose, my real job. And then we work on the gift and the purpose and the essence of who a person is, and they start bringing, br- they bring that to the office. They don't wait for the office to give it to them. They bring that to their workplace, and things start to shift. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets back to the law of attraction. When you're giving, you know, remember we talk about our purpose, the gift that we are, it's, there's a lot, we really want to share the love that we are. So when we're sharing that, we get a very different response than if we're sharing resentment, frustration, resignation. Usually we come to the office and we're angry and mad and life's unfair. And and then we, you know, it's not very much fun to go to work. Yeah. So we think the world, you know, the whole, you know, it's like almost like the world has to line up perfectly before we could be who we are, but it's, it's the opposite. Once we learn we could trust who we are, we start leading with that, sharing that, not withholding it, and things start to shift.
1: And we will attract ourselves to places where that's a a, a fit, right? Where it yeah, matches. Maybe
2: people aren't receptive to who we are. Maybe it's not a good fit. Just right. like we talked about before, when you when you know the gift that you are, like a plant, you know you need sunshine to thrive. You're not going to plant yourself in the shade. Like when I was doing CPA work and. First, start, My job is to sit in an office and keep track of my time for every point sixth of an hour and not mm. talk. Mm. That was not a good environment for my gift. <laughs> 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 and then I'd you know, go to the car, you know, I'd be chatting and what's going on in your life, talking to people. And then I'd come back and, oh, my God, how am I going to figure out my time? And it'd be so stressful uh-huh. because it wasn't a fit.
1: Sometimes you do need to change jobs.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of times we want to make these shifts prematurely. If you if we're thinking the problem is out there, mm-hmm. it's premature. If we know ourselves and we're saying, wow, I know my values, I know what's important to me, this is not a healthy environment for me, I need to move on. It's very different than running away from something.
1: Right. And you you may have some inner work to do first. So if work is becoming really uncomfortable, rather than looking at the circumstances and trying to change those or leave them, First, we turn within and see how we're doing there, right?
2: Well, that's why we really have to explore the push. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. We had a class last night, and four people went through their push, breaking through their pushes. And it's they start with describing the circumstance, how horrible something is, other person, it's out there. Mm -hmm. And then we always get to the misunderstanding they have of their value, which then gives them freedom. And then they kind of forget about where they started. yeah. Because it's not about the person, it's not about the people out there. It's always about the misunderstanding we have of our consciousness, how we're diminishing ourselves, how we believe something other than the truth of who we are. And when that gets aligned with the truth, it shifts out there.
1: Interesting. And it either really does shift or we can become happy in the same circumstances.
2: Well, it, sh- it shifts, it shifts or it shifts within you. So it doesn't really matter that it shifts out there. You don't notice right. it
1: anymore. Right.
2: You're not really bringing that energy into your experience in so, that way.
1: So without violating any confidence, can you give us an example?
2: Um, okay, let's see. Someone who starts out
1: unhappy and realizes the shift needs to occur within them.
2: Yes. Well, there was a one we could talk, you know, about relationships. But one person was having a challenge in her relationship. I'll just be very general because I I don't like to divulge things. But she was having a challenge in her relationship, mm-hmm. thinking that her husband had to be different. Right. But really, it got back to her belief of being needy and and not really trusting that she was going to be taken care of. It was the whole thing of he's my source. And if something were to happen to him, what would happen to me? Uh-huh. So it looks like it's all about the other person, but really it's the lack of faith. Am I safe? Is it safe to be who I am? Could I take care of myself?
1: Wow. That must've been huge for her.
2: Oh yeah. They're, they're all big though, mm-hmm. because we live inside of these, these misunderstandings where it's just like, Oh, I thought it was about that person. And then another person was having a a challenge with their son and thinking, you know, this person has to change, being so disrespectful to me, and this is not right. And, you know, on and on and on and on about how horrible that person is treating her. But then looking really at her relationship to how she treats herself and the belief of I'm worthless. Mm -hmm. So then, of course, we're going to attract in that people don't value us. But it's coming home to the truth of, you know, and that's why when you really get your value, we have, when we really understand the gift that we are and the value and the truth of what we are, we have so much room for other people. So instead of splashing with them, like two false selves interacting, you dive down to the truth of who you are and you start seeing their true self. So you're able to see beyond their splashing, beyond their pain, because you know, if someone's being rude and disrespectful and mean to us, they're hurting. They have a misunderstanding of their value. Mm-hmm. But when you really get your value, you have so much more room to hold other people to the truth of who they are without taking the bait and thinking it means anything about you.
1: So I can imagine people listening are thinking,
2: tell me again
1: how to get to the truth of who I am. Okay. So <laughs> it, well, In three minutes?
2: Okay, well, we, you always start off with the pulls. So when you feel yourself energized, that's why there's a diagram on my website because I have all the handouts and describe the push-pulls and describe the process of understanding compassion and forgiveness. But it's really it's helpful to look at this diagram because the, it almost looks kind of like a crooked cross. But in the middle part is the truth of who we are. So when you're feeling yourself being pulled, it's that feeling of being energized, inspired, enthusiastic. It feels really good. And then, so when you're feeling that, you ask yourself, who am I being in this moment? Why does this feel so good to me? And the reason why that's important is then when the diminishing thoughts want to come in, you have that really strong um, inner confidence and you don't take the bait. So that's one way. And then another way is we can find our value in our pushes, like what we were doing last night in class is when you really look at why something's so painful to you And then how we're judging ourselves, and then and then it's kind of a lot to cover. But (laughs) we come up with these things. Let's say I'm a let's just go back to the paying the bills. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. Then who can't you be? This points to your gift. Who can't you be when you're engaged in that conversation? You can't be confident. You can't. So you start to feel the truth of who you are instead of the diminishing aspects of the appearances. Mm-hmm. of what you're judging. So it's you can always get all the pieces of receive your life lead you to your true self whether you're working with your pulls or your pushes. Uh, it's like a system where the truth of who you are gets revealed.
1: Pulls feel good. Working and- with your or oh, sorry, go on <laughs> Pulls feel good and pushes don't.
2: Yes. And they're both valuable because we talk about how there's so much wisdom in our resistance. So when mm-hmm. we're feeling that push in it, there's so much wisdom. That's why we never want to jump over it. Jumping over it is like leaving all the good stuff on the table. You know, a lot of times we're like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. Get me out of here. I'm going to go away. That's why we don't want to, you don't want to leave a job or a relationship or anything prematurely
3: mm-hmm. because
2: there's some really good information in there for you
1: about your truth <laughs> yeah, if you just All the and believe stuff. it yeah well um, and
2: not just believe it but you have to work it because we you know a lot of times too we just slap an affirmation on top of a misunderstanding and mm-hmm. that doesn't do it does not get the job done
1: <laughs> okay when go they're rooted out <laughs> yeah lots more to talk about uh, we'll be back with janice campbell after these messages
0: Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support.
1: Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Blair Tabor from Unity San Diego taken from a talk called Sacred Service, The Ultimate Spiritual Growth who we are and who we perceive ourselves to be as human beings is just such a small part of who we are as spiritual beings. You remember the phrase that I like, you know, Emily Cady says, God did not make you be spiritual pygmies, but spiritual giants, you know, and do we live as if we're spiritual giants? No, we don't. We live, live as if we're you know, weak human beings, you know, we're spiritual giants. We need to live that way in our lives. So we have to let go of the ego. It's a challenge because we spent so much energy and focus on, on our ego, on dressing a certain way and talking a certain way and looking a certain way and, and lining ourselves in certain ways to, to uphold that ego identity. But as we're willing to let that go, let it be permeable to spirit, then what we find is we're connected to that infinite oneness that is God. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org.
0: For over 23 years, Liz Dawn and her team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting transformative events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself, October 31st to November 4th in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. Explore your spirituality and open your mind to some new ideas. These events are awesome soul fests that heal and transform. Log on to CelebrateYourLife.com to find out more. Did you know Unity has published a new book by Eric Butterworth? This wonderful writer and teacher who is loved by so many people left a recorded class called Practical Metaphysics that has now been turned into a book. It's vintage Butterworth. He explains how to live from a deeper state of consciousness and awaken to health, love, prosperity, and peace of mind. Practical Metaphysics. Find it online by going to unity.org and click Shop.
1: If you're wondering what's holding you back from living your passion, it's probably you. Get out of your own way and join Vincent Jenna every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Stop Stopping Yourself. Vincent uses his gifts as a psychic medium and spiritual teacher, as well as a master's in social work to help people find real answers to what's causing them pain. Listen live and join the show with your questions and comments right here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816 251 3555. That's 816 251 3555.
0: Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen
1: Devonport. Hey, welcome back. I'm here with Janice Campbell who is talking about her process called Receive Your Life, which she uses for coaching and classes. And Janice, you also did a radio show on this network for what, five years? Five years, from uh,
2: 2011 through 2015.
1: So if you're on the website, you can just click on archives and you can find that show. It was called Receive Your Life, right? Yes. So that'll be there. Where can somebody find you currently?
2: Uh, they could go to receive my website, receiveyourlife.com. And also I have a weekly inspirational message. You could sign up for that. And, and the purpose of that is to really help you remember the beauty and truth of what you are. So it's kind of like a weekly reminder, looking at it through different angles to and bring it, you back to your true self.
1: It sounds like you've got a lot of information that would be relevant to these shows on your mm-hmm. website.
2: Absolutely. And also I have all the... Um, handouts and exercises that I use in class and coaching. So you can find that under the class section or under the coaching session. And really looking at the diagram, I I think, really helps put into, brings clarity to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You can see, you know, either aligned with your true self or your compromised self.
1: How often do you teach classes?
2: Uh, Right now, I do it uh, once a week and every other Monday night.
1: Can people join any time or does it?
2: Absolutely. Drop in. We have Sunday after the first service in uh, Unity Marin. It's people just drop by. We have class from 1115 till one o'clock.
1: Oh, it's a live class.
2: Oh, yes. Not
1: online. Okay.
2: No. Yes. But we do have an online class coming up on through the Spiritual Explorers program on April 23rd. And there's information on my website. And that class is um, like in person. I mean, online, but live with me so we're we're actually working through your pieces you're going to get very it's five weeks and you're going to get clarity on your desires your values and where you compromise yourself and how to get disentangled from your limiting beliefs to get back in the flow so it's very practical and very specific to you a person
1: okay so there are all kinds of ways to work with you
2: yeah. And, and also always individual coaching. I offer a free 20 minute coaching session. So if anyone, you know, you can go to my website and sign up for that, see if it's a fit for you. Yeah.
1: Many options. <laughs> okay. So we, we started out this series talking overall about the receive your life process. Last week we talked about life purpose and this week is, is about money. And so let's, let's get back to that. <laughs> we, we've been yes. sort of all over the <laughs> map. Um, I've heard the term authentic relationship with money. How do you have an authentic relationship with something inanimate like money?
2: Well, first of all, you you have to, by authentic relationship with money, meaning it's, it's your relationship to money. So often, I used to teach a lot of money classes, and we do this exercise about money beliefs. And what... What I find out is that we either do money exactly oftentimes, of course, not always, but we oftentimes do money exactly like our parents. Like we learned how to do money.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We learned from them or we rebel and we do the opposite. <laughs>
1: yeah. but it's really
2: just the flip side of the co- same coin. But we haven't taken the time to really get clarity on what is my relationship to money? Well, I'm living on the planet, not my parents' relationship and rejecting, maybe rejecting their, what I've learned. It's kind of gets back to, um, we were talking before about the scarcity rules or the worldly rules that we grow up into, but it's not really our relationship to money. So, so one way to, you know, one is to, but it's really about first you have to gain clarity on your values because when your relationship to money is aligned with your values. It's going to work for you. When we deal with money in a way that's in conflict to our values, we're going to feel an inner
1: conflict, and it's not going to work very well. Okay. Listen, we have manifested a caller. Oh. So <laughs> his name is Harvey. Okay. Harvey, are you on the line? My
3: name's did- on Harvey. It's Henry. How are you? Henry,
1: I'm sorry. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, just to let you know, part of my background is I had the privilege to study with Donnie Coleman and Richard Billings when they were still on the planet. Oh, yeah. So I was very blessed to have worked with them. And actually, one of the things that, now this may sound contradictory to what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I ended up leaving Unity and just trusting myself because I felt there were a bunch of rules saying mm-hmm. I didn't. Sometimes I feel like in Unity there's this somewhat Calvinist and still products and ethics saying if you're not doing it right and producing something, you're still not worth anything. Mm. And that was part of the reason why I left Unity. And once I just started just doing and being comfortable with failing, my failures brought me what I needed. Mm. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, well, it sounds like you – You turned your energy, it's like there was a bunch of shoulds that you were listening to originally at Unity, and then your inner guidance is like, wait a minute, that's not really working for me. And so you turned within and started saying, what's real, what's true for me? I hear these rules, I hear, it's kind of like meditating, this is the right way to meditate, or, you know, Unity could be you have to tithe, if you don't tithe, this is going to happen to you. But our relationship to money is always between us. You know, it's your relationship to my. It's between you and you. No one knows that relationship better than you. And by yeah, you really feeling, exactly.
3: You know, I, I like you. yeah, but this is aligned. But one of the things that I, you know that that Richard Billings loves about when I would just meet with him in his office, I said, you know, I like being weird. Weird mm-hmm. is capital E I R D. Wonder evolving into revelatory dividends. Weird versus Uh small, capital E-I-R-D, wandering eternally in rotten Mm doo-doo. And I think the thing that I started to see more and more, and I think it's very prevalent in our culture now, is the need to have everything when you do something has to result in some type of manifestation versus relaxing into it. Yes, and feeling it,
1: feeling
3: it. Well, I, I would say this. What what what's been helpful for me, and maybe we can talk, up, you know, get your feedback on this, is once I let go of thinking and just relaxing with my body, because I think this, with a lot of metaphysical studies, there's this whole focus on thinking and mental versus just letting my body be my best bank, my best depository mm-hmm. for inspiration mm-hmm. to flow through. Everything really took off for me.
2: Yes. Yes, but I think it sounds like what you did is like you really tapped into your inner guidance. Like that's like I use the the words pushes and pulls, like really feeling how does the energy naturally want to flow? And when we're going against that current and we're thinking like, oh, I should do this or I should, it's like there's a resistance to the natural flow. So it sounds like what you're talking about is you actually surrendered to this is who I am. This is how my energy naturally flows. I'm not going to... Try. I'm not going to feel like I have to add things to make something happen. Like or, who I am is enough.
3: Well, how about this? I learned to slow down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think what I, what I, one of the things that if I look at how this culture operates is speed is a big value. Yes. Yes. And for me, yes. in learning just to slow down and just, but I, I, since I worked for myself, I took a three month hiatus and said, I'm mm-hmm. just going to do nothing. And, it's, and as a result of doing nothing, everything showed up.
2: Mm. <laughs> it's so funny. That's what I, I do. The same thing. If I get to the place where I feel like I'm pushing too much or I'm trying too much, I always tell my husband, okay, I'm doing nothing. I I'm, I'm done. I am doing nothing. I'm just going to wait and see what shows up. And at first, it's a little scary doing nothing, but something always comes in. Because a lot of times when we get on that treadmill of trying to fix, trying to fix, we're really telling ourselves: once I get there, once I do this, once I arrive, once I manifest this, then I could be happy. Then I could actually be who I am. But what you're talking about is flipping that, where you're leading with your true self, and then you're seeing the results line up, show up after that. Like you're getting, it. so often we live backwards. Like we have to really try to get somewhere or to accomplish something. And you're saying, I give up. I'm not trying. And then the yeah. universe starts to align with what's always there. Like there's nothing missing within you. It's all here.
3: Well, I think for myself, what I've learned, and this is one thing that was really helpful with Johnny Coleman, because she said to me, if you are angry, be that. That mm-hmm. anger will take you somewhere if you relax into it. It's there to help you
2: yeah i totally agree with that
3: it's like instead of
2: i shouldn't be angry i shouldn't be angry i shouldn't be this i should be a a nice wonderful spiritual person it just delays things instead of being honest where what is the source of that anger what's going on here there's something there's a misunderstanding in here well
3: so what i found was that I didn't get to find the source of the anger. I said, this is just how my body's feeling right now. And it's perfectly all right.
2: It's perfectly all right. And at the same time, there's wisdom in that. It's interesting. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's information. We can use sure. that. I mean, I okay. always know okay. when I get angry, my biggest, like, a, you know, I don't get angry that often. But when I get angry, there's a part of me now that gets really excited because I know I'm, gonna, I'm breaking through something, something that I was tolerating that wasn't true for me. All of a sudden, I'm kind of waking up that that's not okay anymore. So I'm not afraid of the anger because I know there's something really wonderful on the other side of it.
3: Hmm. Okay, I like would well, just to share what my experience was. Hopefully, this was helpful. Yeah.
2: yeah. Thank you. Thank you for calling and thank you for sharing. Thanks. Appreciate Henry. it. Welcome.
1: Wow. Okay. So we were talking about an authentic relationship with money.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's great, too. Like, Henry is kind of, it's, it really gets down to the, this relationship with money. It's between you and you, us and us. I don't know how to say that. But it's so often we, we, look, we get it backwards. We look out into the world. You know, who should I be to make money? What should I do to make money? We're actually leading with the money. Right. And say, instead of, this is who I am, and then seeing how money supports that vision. Because it's always a match. You know, I, I love in Receive Your Life, my favorite quote is, there's always enough time, money, and energy to receive your life. So if we're experiencing scarcity in the area of money, time, or energy, it's a red flag that we're compromising ourselves. Say that again? So there's always enough time, money, and energy to receive your life. Uh-huh. So when you're living the life that you've been given to live, living your values, following your desires, it's a, it's a perfect match. There's nothing wrong here. I mean, it's like, you know, Emily, Katie, you know, God knocking at the door with desires of our heart. It's, it's the thing of we're, we're, des- we're perfectly designed to share the gift that we are. But if we're experiencing scarcity, that means that we have our attention outside of ourselves. All of a sudden, we're comparing ourselves with other people. I should want that. They got a new car. What's wrong with me? Then we, I feel like a loser thing. And then we're like, I don't want to feel bad about myself, so I'm going to go buy a new car. We may not even want a new car, but we want to get rid of that feeling of inadequacy. So we're, we're spending a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy trying to be something we're not just so that we could feel better about ourselves. And it. It results in scarcity.
1: Well, that's a vicious cycle.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, whenever (laughs) we're in our compromise, when we're on the compromise track, it's always a vicious cycle. It's that cycle where we're trying really hard to fix something that's not broken. And then we get tired of that. So we give up, like, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to spend the money, go out to dinner, have my cocktails. I don't care. It's Mm -hmm. exhausting. Mm -hmm. But then there's something that we want in the desire. So we come back to that, we try really hard to get it, and then we can't get it, so we give up. And then we go round and round and round. And all it means is that we're on the compromise track. We don't, in that moment, we have forgot, we've turned away from our true self, we've turned away from our value, and we've taken the bait that there's something wrong or missing within us. And it's expensive. (laughs) (laughs) When we try to be somebody we're not, it's very expensive. It could even be careers. You know, we travel down a path of getting educated, higher degree, all this money on college. And then we realize, wow, this is not who I am. I'm doing this because I, my parents wanted me to do it or I thought I would get acknowledged as being really smart. And then right. eventually we always have to unwind our compromises. And then a lot of times there's a lot of shame in that. Like, oh my God, I'm in debt or I should have had a good career. I wasted that money on the education, but we're actually closer than we've ever been. We're like coming home to ourselves.
1: Mm.
2: So it's really important not to judge that unwinding process because we have to unwind the compromises. The compromises are not sustainable.
1: Okay. So what else? We talked during the break about what else we wanted to talk about. What's on your list?
2: Yeah. Well, I think, I think debt is really an interesting oh, aspect
1: too. Somehow I blocked <laughs> that out. Yeah. Let's talk about debt.
2: Because The the thing about um, receiving your life, what blocks our personal pipeline to prosperity, it's not what we think it is. We often think that our pipeline is constricted because we're not trying enough. We're not doing enough. We should be more. We're not accomplished enough. We're not working hard enough. That's why we don't have more prosperity. If only we would try harder, Mm -hmm. be more. That's going to give us more money, more flow, more prosperity. And it's not that at all it's the shame the shame is what constricts our flow so a lot of times if you let's just say with debt if if you look if you if a person has debt and you look at the debt it's so easy to go into shame you know I used to for years I worked as a CPA and a certified financial planner and it used to drive me cl- crazy with the financial planning like there's all these rules you have to have six months living expense okay right. so if if a person does not have six months set aside in living expenses, what do they do? Just feel horrible about themselves? Like, is that is that, the, <laughs> you know? And then that's why we get in that cycle of, oh, there's something wrong here. I have to try harder, do more, do more. But it's the, so these rules are there and it's so easy to use those rules, uh, turn those rules against ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, like,
2: a lot of times you your Susie Orman you're like girlfriend what were you thinking but when you actually look at that it's it's like we're not crazy if you look like if a person has accumulated a lot of debt if you look at that what's really going on it could be that they have a big vision and yet they have a belief that hasn't allowed them to catch up to that vision like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a desire in there to want more and maybe to to wear beautiful clothes or to experience things, so there's a it's there's a part of them that has, has started to expand into that new consciousness, but there's a belief almost. Remember years ago, this teacher said every time you have an unexamined belief, it's like having your foot nailed to the ground or
1: something. Oh gosh! <laughs> and I always
2: thought it's interesting. It's true. That it's like you want there's a part of you that kind of wants to go forward, but then there's a belief that says you can't. And that's where we start to have those inner conflicts. Like, what are we going to be loyal to? The limiting belief or to our vision and the expression of who we are this lifetime? Mm -hmm. Because if you really understand the debt and look at the debt, it could be like, wow, okay, yes, I understand that. It's like, and I'm blocking my income. I'm not asking for what I want. I'm not sharing my work with other people. Like, you start to see... What's blocking the income? And usually it's based on a misunderstanding of your value. So it's not about I have to fix the debt. The debt is just a symptom. If you go to the level of cause, the debt will disappear. But so often we're running around feeling ashamed about the symptom that we can't get out of that cycle.
1: Right. And um-
2: And it's painful It is because then we hear like, oh, people who have debt are irresponsible. And then we say, oh, I am irresponsible. Mm -hmm. And then again, through our thoughts, we're collecting all this evidence. Look how irresponsible I am. Other people are responsible, but not me. And then we're on the shame cycle, the scarcity cycle. And then we withhold our gift even more. So it keeps the cycle going instead of having understanding, compassion, forgiveness. Oh, I understand the origin of that. I know why I have so much debt. Because I have this desire that I'm not living, that I'm not sharing, that I'm not expressing. And then that's okay. Then we understand why. Because we're living inside of these rules. You, know, I remember, you remember that? I don't know. It's like a long time ago. I remember hearing this story about there was a jar and it had, uh, there was a lid on the jar and fleas were flying around in the jar. And then when the, they unscrewed the lid, you think the fleas would fly out, but they didn't. They didn't go any higher than where the lid was. Oh. So it's kind of like we get conditioned, like we live inside of these rules, these money rules, right. like I'm the kind of person who does this, I'm not the kind of person who makes a lot of money, I'm not this, I'm this, like we've already kind of, we have ourselves in bondage without even realizing that we're living in kind of this money prison of what we can and cannot have because of what we believe we deserve, and that's why it's important to really get your value, no, I love to work. I'm a creative person. I love to share. I have a big heart. I I'm, I have a big vision. I, I'm inspired by creating this product or selling this service or or whatever the business is.
1: Okay. So in Unity, you and I have both known a lot of people who, who um, took a big leap. You know, they decided I'm going to express myself in my life. And so they they leave a regular job and they go pursue their dreams. Yes, and, yes. You know, a lot of times it it turns out fine. I'm just, I guess, I'm wondering as a coach and as a former CPA if, if you recommend that.
2: Well, I don't, I don't recommend that because I think a lot of times those big leaps are trying to fix something that we perceive is wrong with us. Mm -hmm. Like I'll show people I can be successful. I'll show people I can make a lot of money. So we haven't yet developed the consciousness for the big leap. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So we, we take the big leap on the physical plane, but we're not ready for it in consciousness. And that's why I like to recommend going smaller to go bigger, just moment by moment to start getting in the habit of sharing, bringing more and more of your true self forward. And then if there's a business idea that you're interested in, You just do it moment by moment. There's no reason why there has to be huge gaps in our life because when there's a huge gap like that, there's just way too much room for the beliefs to creep in. And also if scarcity begets scarcity. So if we're taking a huge financial risk and then all of a sudden we're supposed to create a successful business when we're already coming from scarcity, Mm
3: -hmm. it's
2: too much. It's it's, It's just too much. We don't have to take those huge leaps. We have the moment, moment by moment by moment, going smaller to go bigger.
1: So how did you do it? How did you get from a job where you had to keep track of time in six-minute increments to doing Receive Your Life and coaching people and doing what you love?
2: Well, as I said on the first show, my process was a bit messy. And I, like <laughs> when you, I did that. I took a big leap like that. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. I didn't even really know what I wanted to do. I ran through all my retirement accounts. And and I realized it's really hard to create from scarcity. Mm-hmm. So when I'm sitting there watching the money run down to nothing and the debt run up really fast, it's really, really hard to create. So it's like slowing it down. I went back. I did some per diem work, making the transition. You know, I just found a way to cobble it together. But I don't think people have to get that far out of their comfort zone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because then a lot of times, then we'll come up with the judgment. Oh, I made a mistake. I should go back. To, I am an idiot. What everybody was telling me, I'm never going to make it. They're right. And then we feel the shame. And then we go crawl back in the hole. Instead of you could do anything moment by moment.
1: So it doesn't have to be all or nothing.
2: Absolutely. It do- I don't think it works all or nothing there's no reason why this can't be a gradual you make you know that I talk about compassion this is this system is compassionate transformation Mm. it's like compassion and that a lot big piece of that is being compassionate with yourself you don't have to throw yourself off a cliff to prove your worth or your worthiness (laughs) (laughs) you know just moment by moment you make a different decision instead of taking the bait of the limiting belief you align with your true self and you you have now when you do your affirmations you know they're grounded in the truth of who you are you could feel it because you know yourself yes i am creative yes i am responsible like you you build on that you build on that and then you and step 5 to this system is you start gathering evidence that it's safe to be who you are so little by little when you're making these choices because a lot of times our mind tells us it's dangerous to be who we are it's not safe We're not going to survive, but you start leading with your values and leading with your gifts and then collecting evidence that, wow, that was a good conversation. I could see how we may have another, that may bring something forward. Like you're building, 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 building. Mm
1: -hmm. I I can't shake what Henry said about unity presenting him with a lot of rules and Mm -hmm. I, I know what he's talking about. I think it was probably an attempt to teach spiritual laws, but it can come across as you're not doing it yeah. right. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm reminded of another host on this network, Janet Connor, who used to say she got off the self-improvement treadmill.
2: I love that. I always say, too, receive your life is the opposite of self-improvement. Yeah. You cannot improve on your true self. <laughs> but it's more of a, a revealing process, revealing the beauty and truth that's here already. Mm-hmm. Because the very often the self-improvement track is when we try to fix the limiting beliefs. We're trying to fix what's not broken. So if you do, and a lot of times people who are like experts, they'll tell us, do this, do this, do Maybe that worked for them. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you. But whenever we're trying to fix a limiting belief, like when we say, I'm not enough of this, or I'm too much of this, and then we try to fix that, we're on the wrong track.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because according to who, we're too much or we're not enough. We're not enough according to who? Whose standards? Who's, it's, it's the wrong track. Yeah. This is, that's why it's. What, I love what he was saying. It's between you and you. It's like, how does it feel? You know, there's so many teachers out there, and and I believe everyone's drawing from the same source. You're just kind of looking for what resonates with you. Mm -hmm. That's all. And what doesn't, it's fine. It it may have not, it's just, it's not yours to follow. But like, what, what gets to your heart? What inspires you? What helps you remember the beauty and truth of what you are? That's really what we're looking for.
1: And is that the primary thing to know about straightening out money in your life?
2: Yeah, I think the primary thing is to get it in the right order. You know, instead of leading with the money, you lead with your values, you lead with your true self, you're honest about who you are and what you want. It's that thing of, you know, there's always enough time, money and energy to receive your life. So if you're doing things for the wrong reason or to fix something that you perceive is broken and you think that money is going to make that better, it's not. It's backwards.
1: Okay, perfect ending. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll be back with Janice Campbell again next week. We're talking about relationships, is it? Oh, that'll be interesting. All right, and how to receive your life in terms of relationships. So this is Ellen Debenport signing off with Voices of Unity. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio. The Voice of an Awakening World. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being
2: having a human experience.